October 1st, 1971. Disney World opens in Orlando, Florida. The initial attractions include the rapidly thawing body of Walt Disney. Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And joining us is not just a hilarious comic and the host of a lot of great shows, but also our very first guest ever. Mm. Yeah. Please, please welcome back Kira McKaylin to the it's, show. Hello. A blast from the past. You know what else is from the past? All these stories? Spooky ghosts and ghouls and bone men. <laughs> yes, bone men. <laughs> yes, I'm, Different from skeletons, <laughs> which is what anyone in the world there's, calls them. Skeletons are yeah. alive. Bone men are. <laughs> there's bone women, too. There are bone women, too. It's you know not... what? Most of the defining traits, however, have, have fallen away. It is, you know, <laughs> it is tricky to, to, to tell can... a bone man from a bone woman. Yeah, yeah, you can still do it, though. It's not ribs, though. That you they're can. Wrong it's about very that invasive, though. Yeah. I mean, you're already bones. Isn't like everything kind of invasive when you're just <laughs> your I mean, ribs still, are just floating bubbles. empty? There's bubbles here, Brian. Why do you think I'm talking so much about ghosts and ghouls and bone men? Uh, because this is the first episode in our annual Halloween spooktacular, where Ooh. instead of our <laughs> there's a ghost in here. <laughs> Um, spiders. Uh, uh, There's where... a ghost in here every week. We just let we just let her get on mic on the spectacular <laughs> episodes. <laughs> every year we talk about, we talk about spooky uh, spooky stories from history, uh, some more macabre yeah. uh, tales, if you will. Mm-hmm. I just Dour, thought of like gloomy, like vampire, or... like husky tales. It's like dog tales with capes. Oh, adorable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Or just like a skeletonized dog tail. Yeah, just oh. that's kind of sad. Dog tail. <laughs> yeah. Wait, are, so are there bone men dogs? Yeah, bone men dogs. That yeah. sounds like a great folk band. <laughs> bone man does. dog. It at least sounds like a banjoist. Yeah, or like things a small child names. When they're sitting in a yard for too long. Yeah, a small child who's <laughs> also probably possessed a little bit. Yeah. Uh. Well, listeners, if you're not familiar, each episode on this show, we take a topic from history, one of us gives the official version of events, and another comes up with an alternate history, and the winning story becomes the truth. Last episode, we talked about Queen Liliwakalani of Hawaii with Jacob Rupp. If you listen to that, you'll know that the actual history won out. Thanks again to Jacob Rupp for filling in very last minute on that. Mm-hmm. And this week, as the first episode of our spooktacular uh, series. We are talking about the Dyatlov Pass incident. Dun-dun-dun. Mm-hmm. Chains. <laughs> Sound of Also sounds kind, kind of like a band name. The Dyatlov Pass, Pass incident. incident. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I don't know if I'd go to that band. No, that sounds like something so like... I feel like that's a band that has big. a standard Friday They were like kind of yeah. big for a while in the 90s. Yeah. I feel like... Yeah, are you thinking of just like string cheese incident? <laughs> yeah, I might just be thinking of string cheese mixed with like what? Which the vodka? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, if only what a super group they would form. <laughs> oh yes, let's match together just two bands and call the it fans, a super group. The bands are clamoring. <laughs> the surviving members of Earth, Wind, and Fire, and what? The Eagles, I guess. <laughs> hey, Fire Eagles sounds like a fine band. Yeah, I guess. Or Eagle or... Wind, which sounds like. <laughs> Some sort of retirement home. It sounds like somebody who like 
is making a movie for the sci-fi network has to name a Native American place. Oh, like, oh Eagle Wind. It's called In- Eagle Wind. Oh, no. Yeah, Shark Wind was already taken, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, and Shark Wind, too. <laughs> Which is, of course, the, a child's name. Yeah. <laughs> Not Junior or the second, Shark Wind is the, is the precursor to the Sharknado. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's much more mild. It's, yeah. And, of course, there's the Shark Rain. Yeah. yeah, they don't they don't get all excited when they announce a shark wind on the on the news. Not well, so much. Like a, a mild shark wind coming in from the northeast. <laughs> yeah. No shark, maybe a tiger shark if it gets serious. Why is that my weather person impression? <laughs> yeah, he's very very hoity toity. That he doesn't really care about his job. I don't need to be doing. Ryan's workshopping his new character. <laughs> of course, the unengaged weatherman. <laughs> I don't know, maybe rain or something. I don't know, guys. What are you doing later? These devices aren't very precise. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm checking my Twitter. He's <laughs> um, checking the weather on the Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he calls it the Twitter. Well, I'll tell you. The folks involved with the Dyatlov Pass incident could have used a good weatherman. Oh. <laughs> Might have saved them. Well, that's one hell of a trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, this week, Zach, you're doing the actual history. That's true. And Kira, you're doing the alternate. Or am I? <laughs> Wait, was I supposed to write one? <laughs> no, <Shit>. no. <laughs> no, I maintain, I maintain that what I am going to say is the truth. That, so. God's honest truth. Yeah. Fair enough. And who... Who is there to judge? <laughs> no God. No God, certainly. We like, we live in a universe void of all compassion. True. Oh, yeah. wow. This did get if dark. Take, listeners, if you take one thing from this show. This is yeah. a different kind of Halloween special. <laughs> Don't be afraid Listen of to monsters. to this horrific tale and know that these people died with the universe indifferent to their <laughs> suffering. <laughs> uh, well, Zach, if you're ready, go ahead and take it away. The Love Pass incident, which you may have guessed already takes place in a little place called Russia. Very small. <laughs> Very small. Hard to find on a map. Yeah. Um, this was in uh, early 1959. A group of 10 folks uh, from the Ural Polytechnical College, which I love. It sounds so modern. I didn't know they had polytechnical colleges back in the late 50s in Soviet Russia. Of course. <laughs> it sounds like they'd have late night commercials. They yeah. do, yeah. yeah totally. It sounds, well, yeah. But it like... sounds like a DeVry sort of for-profit college scheme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like it would be even more like come off even more as a scam because they'd all be in thick Russian accents. You come to your all polytechnical <laughs> institute. <laughs> Go to mountains and die. <laughs> Wait, don't say that part. <laughs> um, I'm spoiling the story a little bit. Um, I mean, it's a Halloween story. We got to assume somebody dies. Yeah, maybe they just got a lot of candy. <laughs> and I mean, they're Russians from the 50s. They are probably dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> group of nine students and their teacher, Igor, Igor Dyatlov, uh, decided to take a hike that would uh, last a couple of weeks to a nearby mountain called O'Torton or something like that. Uh, Mount O'Torton. Mount O'Torton, yeah. Oh, I am not going to try to say that in my version. Um, And uh, so they set off. They went to this village outpost, which was the furthest north village in that region of Russia to start their journey. And north of that, it was largely uninhabited, though there were some, apparently some old Mancia tribes, mm-hmm. uh, a kind of people that 
Russia had largely subjugated in the centuries prior, but there were still were some living in the mountains. And they headed off. And uh, initially things went fine for the first few days. One of them got sick, a man named Yuri Yudin, and went home like a... Like a little little bitch. <laughs> Smart wow, little bitch. Wow, it took you a lot to say that. Yeah. I don't say that word very often, to be honest with you. <laughs> but of course, it's like narrative that you here. Like... It's narrative, of course. You this like... is the occasion that to make <laughs> all historical accounts describe the man as a little... It's like when you're reading like Huckleberry Finn and you're like, I don't usually, but... <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I like Wiener. Like, I like... like I'm I'm taking bitch back and replacing it with wiener because yeah okay that's yeah. the that's Dub, the feminist equivalent wiener. I'm gonna little... get a clean take of me saying wiener. You could just dub it over wiener. Of course, right? I'm gonna make that a ringtone. <laughs> anytime I get a text from Zach. Um, yeah, because that's what I call you usually. <laughs> Uh, it's a reference to Anthony Weiner, who is a firebrand, but then later became gross. <laughs> um, but the nickname was given when he was cool. Too much backstory. <laughs> uh, so they make their way... Not enough front story. Yeah. Anthony Weiner. Oh, no. So Not conditions ready. deteriorate uh, for our intrepid heroes. And um, they are essentially caught in a whiteout blizzard and... Because they're basically unable to see, because the punishing winds, like it gets down to negative 25 degrees at points. And uh, Fahrenheit, I know we're in Russia, so you probably have to clear that up. They probably use a different Kelvin. Mm. I don't know what they use. Um, <laughs> potatoes? Yeah. <laughs> negative 25 potatoes. Just the tears. Yeah. <laughs> that you still have inside of you. Yes, a, a widow's tears. <laughs> yeah. Those written frozen, frozen widow's tears. <laughs> Davido Latka has cried 25 frozen. It's kind of a Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, first of all, yeah, Dracula. Technically, <laughs> did you use the? Did you name the widow Latka? Yeah. <laughs> like the, You're real potato heavy. Like, like heat would be like blood of enemies. Yeah. Cold would be widow's tears. I think is the is the Russian system yeah, of makes temperature. Sense. Makes sense to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Or the. The red of the, the <laughs> communist flag uh, for heat. Anyways, I'm all over the place tonight. So in these whiteout conditions, they went off course uh, and ended up on the ascending the slopes of the mountain, a mountain nearby, mm-hmm. uh, which was called uh, I- a Kolat Kolat Um <laughs> <laughs> that didn't. I don't even know how to phrase. You're like half Dracula, half Yakov Smirnoff. I feel like. I <laughs> try continue that for the entire. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so they they start to ascend this mountain, and eventually they realize their mistake, and they're given. They can either go back down uh, to the tree line where it'd be a little safer to count out through the night, but it the accounts seem to agree that. Probably the guy leading the expedition, Igor, didn't want to lose the altitude they had gained. Mm. So they decided to camp on the side of the mountain. And everything up to this point is actually fairly well documented. There are diaries. There are even photos of them setting up camp. And after that, nothing is documented. Uh, and that's when the Blair Witch shit started happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, you could like argue it's happening already. That it's makes it slow. seem like so much more of a setup if someone's like, we're documenting, like, everything's normal, guys. And then it just, like, cuts off. <laughs> totally because, fine. Nothing yeah. off my sleeve. It would have been a, a, disappoint- a, Yeti. <laughs> a disappointing movie if that had been how they handled the Blair Witch. Like, <laughs> we're going to find the Blair Witch. So far, everything's fine. Cut to black. They died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like the devil inside, basically. Yeah. A little bit, which is a movie that ends with a car crash and then a crawl that says, if you want to see what happened after that, go to this website. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you sounded like you believed that. Uh, yeah. Sounds like a late night infomercial. Well, everybody go <laughs> to the, your old Polytechnic Institute. <laughs> everybody go to devilinsidetruth.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it's totally related to this. Mm-hmm. Totally related. That's actually what happens on that website is it just plays this podcast. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really because it hasn't been recorded yet. <laughs> spooky. Well, it's very spectacular. <laughs> a few weeks later, that was the night of February 2nd, 1959, and the hikers never returned. Um, and Igor had even explicitly told his friends that if you don't hear from us in two weeks, you should probably be worried. Mm-hmm. Uh, some foresight on his part. And um, <laughs> Well, yeah, we're going into the map. That's like a legitimate thing to say when you're going into the I don't map. Feel, I, feel I feel like, like two weeks is generous. That, yeah. Well, it's the 50s. They don't have like GPS and phones. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was supposed to be like a 10-day expedition. If they had a Gilligan's Island theme instead of a three-hour tour. <laughs> a 10-day expedition, yeah. which doesn't scan at all. Yeah. So a few weeks later, uh, they sent teams to try and look for these people. And initially, they find the campsite. The tent is covered in snow. You'd expect that. Um, But it's also ripped open from the outside. And there are... Uh, Sorry, I believe believe it's from the inside? Oh, uh, well, it's certainly ripped open. (laughs) My source I saw said seemed to indicate it might have been from the outside, but possibly from the... It's hard to tell, maybe. (laughs) Anyways, there was a giant slash. There's also a bunch of clothes strewn about, like warm clothes that had just been left around, and a few footprints that appear to have been made by barefoot uh, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nearby, in some down closer to the tree line, there they find the bodies of five of the nine people, frozen to death, and all in their underwear or about that amount of clothing. Clothing and a tree which had broken branches up to about 15 or 16 feet up the tree that were not explained. Either something broke them or somebody tried to climb the tree for Mm -hmm. some reason. Uh, The rest of the bodies were not found for another few months, but eventually a few hundred feet in another direction from the campsite, they found these other four bodies, which had been like their heads had been smashed in and their chests uh, pushed in. One of them had no tongue, which they think maybe she bit it off in a moment of fright, but also no eyes. Yeah. Which usually Ugh. you can't get rid of in a moment of fight by blinking too hard. Can't get rid of <laughs> <laughs> these pesky eyes. I don't I'm need so them for scared. This. I don't want my eyes right now. <laughs> and they determined that, like, whatever caused these injuries had to have the force of, like, a high speed car crash. Or a really serious fall. Some people thought an avalanche or maybe they fell, but there was just mm-hmm. no evidence of any of that. Mm-hmm. And there were no tracks of other people or animals to be seen. Um, and so like some people blamed the tribes that kind of live in that area. Mm-hmm. But again, absolutely no evidence. And 
these wounds don't match up with what a human would do. As for the accounts of the the people there, the journals and all that, um, they were actually taken by the Russian government yes. for about 40 years and not released. They were eventually released uh, in, I guess, the 90s or early yeah, 2000s. Yeah, after the fall of the Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, and large parts were redacted or pages were missing from the accounts, like paragraphs and pages were missing from these firsthand accounts. You think sometimes the Russian government is just like corrupt as a hobby? <laughs> like it was something really tame, just like one person. Like, I wonder if Dubinia likes me. And they were just like, this is a secret for the ages now. Yeah, it's like, dear Petrov, and it's just like a black redacted <laughs> sheet. It's like, I'll never know. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if you have a skill, you just want to, like, if you feel like you're good at something, you just want to keep it up. Yeah, <laughs> just redact. Yeah, you don't want to let it get stale. Yeah, <laughs> I mean corruption and and of course stupidity. You just need to let that let that little light shine. Sure, <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> it doesn't mean a thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing about the true story about the Dyatlov Pass incident. Oh, uh, one other thing: the mountain uh, or 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 Tenten, uh, a Torton, a Torton was named by the Mansia people. The name translates to "Don't go there," mm-hmm. uh, which is which is also the name of the Mantia sitcom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. set on the mountain. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's a lot less menacing when you realize it. <laughs> it was an '80s family sitcom. Yeah, it was right. It was in the range of "What a Dummy." Mm-hmm. It was just a really sassy Sasquatch that lived on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Hence the name. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, Kolat Shaikel is also a Mantia name that translates to. Mountain of Death or Dead Mountain. Mm-hmm. So, uh, not the most enticing names. <laughs> yep. But that's the thing about the real story is we don't really know what happened to these people. Yeah. Uh, the hypothermia ones, there are accounts in real life of people getting cold and having this mania where they take off all their clothing. Um, yeah, it has there is. happened. And, and then they die. If only there'd been some sort of sign or suggestion that maybe their hiking trip could have been a bad idea. But I don't know, people who lived in that area, it right. seems like they'd mm. have something to, to do. There are also like numerous crazy ass theories as oh, to of course, yeah. what happened here. Uh, but, one, yo, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. If you want to <laughs> uh, your Don't be polite. It's a podcast. I, I, didn't, I haven't repeated them much because conjecture is not my job in this podcast. But if you want to share one. Um, well, I mean, the conjecture is part of the history, I feel like. But one of the ones that is sort of given some heft by the idea that the records were so spotty mm-hmm. was that the Russian military was testing out like ultrasonic... Uh, weapons or things that could induce panic reactions, or that just that the the winds passing through the mountains created like a supersonic effect. That... Do we know what they what class they were taking in college? By the way, like what were their degrees? I, I don't know. <laughs> I was... What were they majoring in? Uh, yeah, I, was... I don't know. Probably graphic design. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were unnecessary. Enough. I mean, it's Polytechnic Institute. It's probably all criminal justice. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's Russian criminal justice, though, so that's Which probably just... very... It's criminal injustice, <laughs> yeah. is what it is. That they were taking something like poetry so that at least their untimely deaths saved them from a lifetime of frustrating <laughs> job prospects. Just dying in the cold is slightly more sad than reaching the top of the mountain and yeah. just living in the cold. Yeah. Or, I mean, if they or, went to Ural Polytechnic, they probably majored in dying in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, yes. It was a very popular course in Russia at the time. <laughs> yeah, because it was the only classroom that had heat. I mean, <laughs> Stalin, I, I heard the only Stalin sponsored a lot of those courses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they used his textbook for kindling. Oh, that's right. They did a lot of... There was also radiation on all their clothing, though, wasn't there? That was like... Oh, I don't recall reading that. I don't that. recall reading that either. It's possible. I, um, that might have been one of the um, unconfirmed things, I want to say, though. So I had trouble finding a lot of the more factual things to base this off of. Oh, what, the non-Yeti-based <laughs> ones? Yeah. Yeti yeah. is also another popular one. Yep, yeah, I've read a lot about the Yetis. Of course, personal favorite of mine, Wendigos. Wendigos, of course. <laughs> to get a Wendigo reference on every podcast now by contractual obligation. Of course, your 10th one is free. Oh, how... do you have like a punch card system? Yeah, sorry, let me give that to you. It's shaped like a Wendigo's head. <laughs> mm-hmm. I get a free witch witch. Oh. <laughs> really? It seems like you get something like better than that. Well, it's which which with T's, so mm, it's okay. no. You get <laughs> he gets a he gets a lady in a pointy hat or like yeah, a she's a, a double witch. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what does that mean? I don't know. She like scares other witches. Yeah, she, she can. Witches. Yeah, she can only oh, so hex like supernatural Dexter. creatures. Yeah, yeah. She's, a, she's a she's a witch Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone's cursing you, you can call the witch witch to oh my god take off. Oh my god, I, she's like I, a white hat. I want yeah. I want witch witch to follow. Don't go there on <laughs> on this TV lineup. And of course, Russian television. <laughs> the one channel they get has two shows on it, and that's characters it. not welcome. <laughs> All right, season two, she goes after Baba Yaga. It's great. <laughs> Zach, yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. Kira, if you're ready with okay. your yeah. take on events. My pretty, my pretty sparse take on events. All right. So there was, there was a group of hikers, and the thing about the story is they weren't I, hikers. I would have liked it if it started with, <laughs> there wasn't a group of hikers, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Go to bed. I mean, that was, yeah, that was Redacted. a lot of like, yeah. My entire segment is just like a black square of sound. <laughs> um, so they, they weren't hikers, they were hackers. Hmm. That was what they were like studying. The yeah. At the um, Polytechnical Institute, they were developing the first computers to make the first computer programs and they accidentally they had to do this in the mountains because computers were really big back then and they needed better cooling systems so where are you gonna go to keep your giant processors cool of course. <laughs> the mountain Siberia. of death yeah <laughs> um so anyways this little team uh goes to the mountains and sets up their supercomputers, which is where the radiation comes from Obviously. Of course, because we all know computers <laughs> run on radiation. Yeah, these ones did. But what they what what Dyatlov and his his student team didn't know was that they would accidentally break into the matrix and rip the frame between the virtual world and the real world. And that happened inside their tent. Oh. Yeah. Wait. Wait, so when you say Matrix, do you, are you using that as a general term or as in like the Keanu Reeves movie, specifically that um, Matrix where we're all of, batteries? Sort of both, um, <laughs> but instead of... Two things that are the opposite <laughs> of each other. <laughs> yeah, so instead of the world being overtaken by computers, they hacked into an alternate reality where the world was taken over by yetis. <laughs> Highly technically sophisticated 
um, yetis um, or Sasquatches. So cyber yetis. Yes. Um, <laughs> as they're known by their Latin name, the cyber yeti. Um, of course. So a lot of the, the sustained damage was from um, cyber yeti agents who, I don't know if you remember, from the Matrix were able to bend space and time so they never had to touch the ground. So they never left any footprints um, and uh, <laughs> created all manners of uh, mayhem in attempting to uh, subdue this team of hackers who, of course, had to fight back because, mm-hmm. I mean, reality and humanity was at stake. Yeah, sure. So... <laughs> They can't let a bunch of cyber yetis win. Yeah, no. Um, they have I mean, a. <laughs> as new overlords go, I think cyber yetis pretty good. Like on what scale? How are you measuring that? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, know. what's cooler than a cyber yeti? Oh, it's just by coolness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cyber yeti all the way. Like a bone man. <laughs> uh. See, it's just like the batteries that um, were powering the robot civilization in the matrix movies instead of powering robots they were powering like <laughs> yeti based commerce <laughs> oh well, so they have like, commerce and they have an economy oh yeah they're actually like highly civilized if you go over there like this is one of those stories where like you know like um crap i can't remember the name of it but like we're the monsters in this one they're sure. actually like Twilight a zone yeah, they're very, very peaceful creatures, the cyber yetis. <laughs> and they put us all in these little bubbles because we were just awful. And like, I, into yeah, it's like every of, other three Twilight Zone Yeah, episodes. the yeah. original ending of I Am Legend. Yeah, that was what I was going for. Uh, I Am Legend, except with cyber yetis, who were also... I Am Legend, except with cyber yetis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But they're like vegan and pacifist, so they didn't murder all the humans. They just put us. But in they're little... just impossible to have a conversation with. Yeah, you know, we're just we're just the <laughs> the bone men in the closet, as far as they're concerned. They don't talk about it. They're not comfortable with it, but they had to do Are we something just saying about bone it. Bone men now is no matter which history gets accepted. <laughs> bone men is now the thing. I just, yeah, I think bone men are everywhere. I think they're inside of everyone. There's a whole... There's a little bit of bone man in all of us. <laughs> yeah, that's a, another that's... conspiracy. <laughs> um, so the the injuries sustained were from the force of the cyber yetis. Not from them specifically, because as I mentioned, they're pacifists, but the bending of space and time uh, really did a number on <laughs> their skulls sure. and stuff. Uh, that, that's why every episode of, what was it, Sliders ended with their skulls getting crushed. Yeah. I feel like if you bend time and especially space in the same place where your skull is, that's probably not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it leaves uh, blunt force trauma, very similar to what would happen in an avalanche, except for without leaving the evidence of snow. <laughs> the avalanche's <laughs> first mistake that Columbo episode where the avalanche did it uh, just one more question avalanche uh, I noticed a bunch of snow in the crime scene run Yeah, just down another hill <laughs> committing another avalanche oh caught in the act well yeah. this case is closed Columbo eh see <laughs> it's getting further and further away yeah so yeah, I mean, I think I covered all the major. <laughs> I don't know if you have any questions. So but... wait, like the cyber yetis, when they're bending space and time, and they accidentally kill all the people, or they're just like, oh man. Uh, they're a little morally conflicted about it. They held a funeral service, but I don't know if you know this in yeti culture. Mm. Part of their funeral process involves removing the tongue and eyes because mm. they come with you into the next life. 
That's oh, your yeah. your ability to see through and taste, of course, <laughs> the yeah. beautiful flavors of the afterworld. Yeah, that's that's all the physical form you have in the afterlife is you're just a tongue and some eyes, so you can yeah. make sure you taste the right things. The Cyber Yeti afterlife has a lot of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! And it's you Neapol- want something warm. It's Neapolitan, so you have oh. to see which one you're you're yeah. going yeah. for. I mean, it's a beautiful dream, Neapolitan <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> What we should all aspire all, yeah. to. All ice creams living in harmony. I mean, that's all the, the cyber yetis want is harmony. And yeah. of course, there's a strawberry sitting there on the outside. Yeah, but I mean, strawberry is the one that you put in its own little uh, battery pack. <laughs> strawberry ice cream is completely unconscious. Uh, that's supposed to like, I cannot extend this metaphor the way I wanted to. <laughs> the chocolate and vanilla remind us of different races living together and the strawberry reminds us we all have the same blood inside and that it can be extracted from both races and yeah, put so on the watch side yourself. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well because they're sitting next to each other so there's brown white and then all of our blood sitting on the side of all the races oh oh hey, the door just got forced open and a black cat walked in <laughs> not just a black cat but like my black cat yeah, so, just you know, for extra spooktacular. This is this is part of the the matrix. They're letting us know. Like I said, my history is the correct one. <laughs> um, I maintain it is perfectly true. And like you remember that thing about deja vu, and you see the cat twice, mm, and that's like sure. a glitch in the matrix. This is the glitch right here. Seeing the cat once. <laughs> Cats are just glitches. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, Kira, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. So it falls to me to judge for this episode, and I feel like because it offers a more plausible explanation for what happened than any other history can offer, I'm sort of inclined to go with the Cyber Yeti alternate history. See, I think obviously because I also want that to be able to pop up. I I I cannot be mad at you with this one. This one is begging for the alternate to be accepted because what's the real history tell you? We don't really know. Yeah. Like, clearly. Uh, and also, we want to, like, garner favor with the Cyber Yetis, because they're sure. reasonable, uh, I was going to say people, but they're not people. But they're Humanoids, into, yeah. sort of. They have empathy, so maybe if they know that we take their side, <laughs> they know. Really, they're the best of us, the Cyber Yetis. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you think that those hackers were going to use that knowledge for good? No. no not at all. <laughs> yeah. Win the Cold War. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, make the planet even colder and warrier. Yeah. <laughs> that's, so. that's, a, that's an interesting interpretation <laughs> of the Cold War where the Americans were just fighting to keep the Earth hot. Which actually, yeah, I can see that. Kind of how, how it turned <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can... I can do the real history for that one, too. And it still comes down to cyber yetis. So, listeners, uh, before we leave, this episode's coming out October 1st, uh, which means there's still time to make your way over to Syntax Physic Opera, uh, October 3rd at 7 p.m. for the Night of a Thousand podcasts. Yeah, don't... If you're listening on October 1st, don't go now. No, I mean, you can get a good seat, I feel like. You probably would, yeah. You might get kicked out. A couple of times between now and the show. Because it's an operating business. And also, don't do that. Well, you could hide in, like, the basement. Yeah, that's or true. Or the ceiling. I, if I have been down in that basement, uh, and it is labyrinthine and creepy. Perfect. Spectacular <laughs> October. Did you, wait, did you say October in a Russian accent? Yeah, maybe. October? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Don't ask questions you can't answer. Can't answer in a, anything but a Russian accent. Well, of course. 
Uh, I'm also so proud of us that we got through this without... We referenced Yakov Smirnoff, but not... We didn't do any Yakov Smirnoff oh, type. The thought was crossing my mind constantly. Oh, mine too. I was trying to force it, but <laughs> I decided to be more like the Cyber Yeti within. But come down to that show. There's going to be a lot of amazing podcasts there. Empty Girlfriend, Whiskey and Cigarettes, Ice Cream Social, Broadcast Geeks. Uh, it's going to be a great show. It's at 7 p.m. and it's totally free. So come check that out. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Uh, before we leave, Kira, uh, you host Sunnyside Brouhaha. Yes, I do. At Die Ball Brewing. Do you want to tell the audience a little bit about that? Uh, it's a comedy show at a brewery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's real cool. Sort of left that open <laughs> yeah. to that one. Uh, that's every third Friday um, at 8 o'clock. Um, and I don't have my lineup confirmed, so <laughs> it'll be out there by the time this goes up, but I have no idea. It'll be a surprise for next month. But it's always fantastic. It's a great show. It is. It's a really good room. And it's free. Yeah, so go check that out because it's awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, then our- and then, yeah, I also run a blog called Oddmosis, um, O-D-D-M-O-S-I-S.com. Uh, it's real fun. There's... You know, pictures and stuff on there. Visual <laughs> entertainment. You know, the yeah. internet. Yeah, it's a lot like the internet. Sometimes like, there's words. <laughs> Sometimes both. Wow. The one-two punch. <laughs> Double threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Kira, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks again. Zach, thank you as always. Of course. Before we leave, listeners, also check out our Facebook page. Uh, our website, revisionistpodcast.com. Yeah, um, and feel free to leave a review on iTunes. We got several new reviews since we last uh, met, one of which was our first wholeheartedly negative review. Yeah, so thank stating, you. There you might be a couple big. good episodes in there. <laughs> <laughs> Hence giving us two stars instead of one, I guess. Yeah, I guess, because potential. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but listeners, feel free to do any of that. Uh, for everyone here at The Revisionist, I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. Uh, have a good time, oh. Kira McHalen. Yeah, I, I didn't know if I was I supposed to say goodbye. I think you no. mean have a spooky time. <laughs> have, have, have a spooky time. Great. Ooh, <laughs> I mean, bye. Bye, wolves, black, garlic. <laughs>